0: Connect with us at mvfcolorado.com. Now, stay tuned for this week's message.
1: Uh, guys, I want to uh, just invite you to another week in this marriage series entitled X's and O's. We've been having some fun with this over the last few weeks. Uh, two weeks ago, we started this whole thing off. We kicked it off with this idea of are you viewing your marriage as a covenant? or a contract, and and that kind of set the tone for us for this entire series, and uh, I've been enjoying watching couples walk in the uh, auditorium Uh, every Sunday morning, because it's interesting to watch, because uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but as a couple, when you walk in, people can tell whether the relationship is good or not, right? Some of you are coming in, and you're just like, it's like you're newly married, man. You're all over each other, holding hands, smiling. And then others, you guys are walking in like, okay, don't touch me right now, all right? Uh, We had a fight on the way here, and we're just here trying to hang on. And, And so I want you to know, regardless of where you're coming from in your relationship, you're in the right place today, all right? And I'll tell you why. Uh, Because we want to improve our marriages. And and when we choose to improve our marriages, when we start to come into something like this, to learn uh, just a better way of loving one another, a better way of doing this thing called marriage, which, by the way, is one sinful person coming together to do life with another sinful person. That's why it's so hard. And yet, loving each other and working through that to make it the best that it can be, make it into what God wants it to be, is so much work. But it is so worth it. So you're in the right place today. I'm glad you're here. Uh, I was going to make a comment uh, on social media this week that if you would commit yourself to be here this week, that your marriage would be better for it. And I mean that because of what we're going to show you today. We're getting to some very, very practical stuff. You guys know me. I just love practical things, all right? All that cloud stuff, it's great, but man, show me how to do it. And that's what we're going to be doing today. And uh, so um, we're going to be doing it with tacos. Uh, So if you like tacos, this is especially a great day for you, all right? So uh, today I want to send you over to our passage for the morning. It's actually Ephesians chapter 5. If you brought your Bible, uh, would you go ahead and head over to Ephesians chapter 5. Also, if you need a Bible, raise your hand. Those guys coming up and down the aisle will hand you one. It is our gift to you. Put your name in it and head over to Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to verse 28 is where we're going to be starting today. Now, as we uh, start, I want to just set the tone for us, all right? Uh, As you see, we have uh, boxes of tacos up here today. Here's the way we're going to just play with me, okay? This is the way we're going to view marriage today. Uh, I want you to pretend as though your spouse has a taco box, all right? And, And what this is is, is a box full of love. I don't know how much you love tacos, but I love tacos, all right? So we're gonna pretend like your spouse, each one of you, you have a box of tacos, and you have an option every day to either put tacos in there or take them out. And the more tacos that are in her or his box, the happier they are, the more fulfilled they are, the more satisfied they are in the relationship. Are you with me? Shake your heads up and down if you are. Fantastic, great movement this morning. That means you're with me. All right, so this is, this is the illustration I wanna use this morning. We're gonna have some fun with this, all right? Uh, we're gonna show you that every day you have the option to either put tacos, um, I don't know, love tacos, whatever you wanna call them, put them in there or take them out, all right? And, and depending on where your wife or your husband is out, this box may be full right now or it may be completely depleted. And it could answer a lot of your questions, And so every day, as a husband and a wife, we choose whether to fill up that box or to empty that box. And it's important that we make the the decision, if you want a good marriage, if you want your spouse happy, if you want to enjoy your relationship with your spouse, you need to make sure that you're deciding every week that you're gonna put something in this, every day, put something in this box. Now, the question becomes, how do we do that? How do we fill up that box? And I wanna show that to you today. Before we jump into that, I wanna take a look at Ephesians chapter five because there's an instruction that we're trying to follow in this series and it comes out of this passage. This is what it has to say. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body, but feeds and cares for it just as Christ cares for the church and we are members of his body. As the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into what? One. one. All right? So you're, you're in a one flesh covenant relationship. You can't neglect half of that without neglecting yourself. Are you with me? So this is what I would say. When you choose to fill up your spouse's taco box, you're making your life even better. All right? You're not just making someone else's life miserable, you're making your own life miserable when you choose to, to deplete it. Are you with me? Two of you, okay, good. <laughs> we talk here, okay? You can shout, you can have all kinds of fun, all right? So uh, I would encourage you just uh, to reply. We're gonna have some fun today with this. Uh, so again, I say, each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. In this passage, We are told, uh, Paul is telling us, you've got to love your spouse. You've got to take care of one another because you are one flesh. What you do to your spouse, you actually do to yourself. This is why he starts to say, look, uh, take care of her like you would take care of your body. You don't hate your body. You feed it, you care for it. Feed and care for her. Take care of her. Take care of him because essentially you're taking care of yourself because you're one flesh. Now, how do we, in very practical ways, love each other. How do, we, how do we fill up the taco box for our spouse? How do we do that? Uh, Angie and I, uh, years ago, uh, five years into our marriage, uh, things had gotten so bad we were ready to call it quits. And I've, told, I've shared this with you guys before. It was so bad. I, I, I skim over it because I don't even want to relive it. It just puts a knot in my stomach. It was that bad when I look back on it. We had a horrible marriage. Uh, We went to a a family life conference. We had an elderly couple in the church that paid for us to go. We never found out who it was. I wish we could because I would go back and I would hug their necks because it saved our marriage. Uh, It was the hardest week we've ever gone through. It was a ridiculously hard week, but it was the the week that, that started that process of healing for us, started that process of learning how to live with each other in this covenant relationship. And after we got through that, we had an older couple in the church start to mentor us a little bit. And through that, one of the things that they recommended, we ran across this. It was called The Five Love Languages. And it's a book that's written by Dr. Gary Chapman. And I'd never heard of it before. And it opened our eyes on how we could actually fill each other's taco box. Like we could actually show how we love one another in very, very practical ways. And it also showed us how it works against us sometime if we're not aware of it. Now, if you've never heard of this before, Gary uh, Chapman actually writes it this way. He says, it's like, it's like you and your husband, uh, when you speak love, you're speaking two different languages. It's like you being Italian, and, and he's French, and you guys are saying, I love you, but the other one can't hear the other one because you're not speaking the same, la- la- uh, la- the same language, sorry. So in love languages, what happens is we actually express and receive love a certain way. And if we're married to somebody that doesn't do it the same way, we don't speak each other's language. And in a marriage, in a covenant relationship, you've got to learn how to be able to express and receive love in their language. Um, Now, we're going to get into this, and we're going to show you exactly how it works, but I I want you to know that this is amazing how this works, if you can learn how to speak your wife or your husband's love language. But I will also tell you this, there's an opposite side to it as well. You're going to see how much damage you can do if you don't speak their language, or if you use it against them. And And even though we're in a marriage series, I want you to know that all of this applies to every relationship that you have. And you're going to see this unfold. You're going to be thinking about not only your spouse, but maybe your kids, your parents, your, your coworkers, employees, whatever it might be, your boss. You're going to figure out that this actually applies across the board because people extend, they, they receive love differently. There's five different love languages. And I want us to learn how to do this today, but we're going to do it differently. We're going to do it taco style. All right. We're going to learn it uh, and as it relates to a taco, presenting a taco to one another, or whatever it might be, to fill that taco box. And, and I'm doing it this way. Here's why. Because I want it to stick with you guys. I want you, when you leave here, not to just go, oh yeah, that was good stuff, and then forget it. But I want you, every time that you go by some place that sells tacos, we're not endorsing any place, okay? But if you go by some place that serves tacos, or you're having a taco, I want you to stop and smile and remember, oh Yeah. Yeah, I gotta do a better job of loving my spouse in this way in hopes that you would get it that way. Now, I wanna show you also that these five love languages, you'll see them all through scripture as well. You'll see biblical examples. You'll see that Jesus actually expressed love, received love in these same ways as well. So let's jump into this today. The first love language that Dr. Gary Chapman spells out in his book is actually, it's called words of affirmation. It's it's sharing words that just simply say, I love you. And it doesn't always have to be I love you. It can be other stuff, but these are words that just kind of express I love you. Some people receive love when you say certain things. And so I would say it this way as it relates to tacos. Um, Your tacos are delicious. All right? So your tacos are delicious. And, and in that, which some of the words that's used many times is just, hey, great job. Awesome job. If you have somebody that you say that to and they light up, you're like, wow, they might have the love language of words of affirmation. I believe in you. I believe you can do that. I know you can do this. Do you know somebody that lights up? Does your spouse do that when you, when you speak those kind of words into his or her life? Uh, I really appreciate it when you whatever And they really receive that or i love you just simply i love you or um maybe it's pet names you have a pet name for somebody if you refer to your spouse hey uh, my love and they just love that they just eat that up that might be because they have a love language of words of affirmation now uh, my oldest son hunter this is one of his and uh he had a professor Years ago, when he was in Bible college, who took a great interest in him, just really personal, uh, just got very personal with my son. And at the end of his class, he actually wrote my son, almost like a little, uh, almost like Paul writing to Timothy, it was amazing, and he wrote this thing out for him just to impact his life, and my son has held on to that. Why? Because those were words of affirmation, they meant something to him, and he held on to those types of things. Now, that might be your spouse. They might be uh, the type of person that has the love language of words of affirmation. And this is more than just words, though. See, the person that has this type of love love language, they actually want to know how their spouse thinks and feels about them. Because you can say, I love you, to somebody that has the the love language of words of affirmation, and that means something to them, but if they know why you love them or you express that, that's a whole different level. Like, that sends them to heaven, like that means something to them and they hang on to that. Now the opposite side of this, remember I told you there's a way to put stuff in their box, but if you do it wrong, you can actually take stuff out of their box. Think about it. If, if your spouse has the love language of words of affirmation and when you speak something to them, they really, really love that. They hang on to it. Imagine if you were to take somebody like that and you were to be rude to them or you insult them, or use a sharp tone with them. Imagine if your spouse has the love language of words of affirmation, and you shot off one day because you were angry, and you said, what are you, stupid? Are you starting to understand the damage that you can do? See, somebody else, that might not make a difference, but to that person that has that love language, it will destroy them. It's devastating to them. Now, in the Bible, we see where, like, Uh, Barnabas. Barnabas was an encourager. He's called an encourager in scripture, and especially the apostle Paul. It's like, man, he was just there with words of affirmation constantly building him up. Proverbs 16 24 says, kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy to the body. It's referring to these words of affirmation, the power of our language, the power of words. Jesus showed words of affirmation, I think, to to his disciples when he was telling them, look, as I have loved you, The Father has loved me. I want you to go out and love other people. He was just kind of sharing with them that how much he loved them in that moment. And what I find fascinating too is Jesus actually tells us that if we do this life right, that when this life is over, we'll actually be greeted with words of affirmation. God will say to us, well done, my good and faithful servant. So the first love language is words of affirmation. Your tacos are delicious. Second one is quality time. This is just spending time with them. If you just hang with them, your presence in and of itself means I love you. I I would say it this way, let's go out for tacos together. Let's just go out for tacos together. We're just gonna sit and eat some tacos together and we're gonna spend some quality time together. See, to this person, nothing says I love you more than your full, undivided attention when you are just in their presence. Just being there for this type of person is critical. It makes them feel feel loved. It makes them feel special. Uh, my wife, this is her second one, and uh, I remember early in our marriage, it didn't make any sense to me. Like, this drove me crazy. She'd be like, hey, baby, come sit on the couch next to me, and I'd come, and I'd sit next to her, and, and we're not doing anything. And I'm like, okay, so what do you want to do? And she's <laughs> like, do? What do you mean? Nothing. I'm just just sitting here together, and I'd be like, well, this is unproductive, right? <laughs> this is what happens, though, if you don't understand the love language of quality time. See, to her, just being there with her, just saying, hey, I'm going to be with you, because you're important to me, screams, I love you. Quality time, is, it also means quality, uh, like, conversations, and quality activities, and, and so think about it. If, if your spouse has a doctor's appointment, And you took time, you took time away from work just to go to that doctor's appointment to be with her, that means everything. Uh, If you have a child that has a dance recital or a game and you show up, you don't even have to cheer. You're just there. The fact that you made it screams I love you to them. Now, the opposite side of this can be when you're distracted, like you're always on your phone. You're not paying any attention to them. Um, If you have a date set up with them and you cancel it or postpone it, that can be very harmful to somebody that has the love language of quality time. Uh, When you fail to listen to them, you know, they're trying to talk to you and you're just not paying attention, you always have the TV on. If you have a spouse that has quality time as a love language, learn to hit pause. Learn to shut things down and give them your full attention and you're gonna see tacos being placed into that taco box like never before all right? That love bank is going to fill up. Now, some biblical illustrations that I have for you is Jesus was serious about always spending time with people. I mean, he'd go out of his way to spend time with his disciples. He, he showed up so many times and shared meals with even social outcasts, people that nobody else would spend time with, people that, that were written off, and he would go out of his way to hang with them. Uh, he goes clear out of his way one in one story to go and spend some time with a woman at the well that nobody else would talk to. Why? Because quality time is important. So we have um, words of affirmation, your tacos are delicious. Number two, quality time, let's go out for tacos. Uh, together, I don't want to leave that out, right? Together. And then number three is receiving gifts. This is when you give them something that says, I love you. Uh, I would just say it this way. Here's a taco, right? Here's a taco. And it's a gift. And they read that as, I love you. And and they receive that. If you have a spouse that you give them, you present them with a gift, and they're like, light up. Like, oh my goodness, you shouldn't have. You know, this is somebody that might have the love language of receiving gifts because gifts say I love you to them. And it could be cards, it could be presents, it could be flowers, it could be something that you heard that they wanted, it was a highly desired item and you went out of your way to get it, especially if there's something behind it. Now please, in in this love language, don't ever make the mistake of thinking that it's about materialism because it's not, all right? It's not about the item so much uh, because the, the receiver actually thrives on the love and the thoughtfulness and the effort that was put into the gift. So it's not so much about how much it costs as it is what's behind it. Like, like what did you sacrifice to get for them? And, and that gift means something to them. Um, instead of a Hallmark card that you just stopped and, and paid for and wrote your name in, if you stopped and actually wrote out a letter to them, that would scream I love you to them. Uh, I've got a, a buddy that I know that stopped and he, don't tell his wife this, but he was in a gas station and he just saw a card, and he was like, yeah, she might like that. It's like $1.50. He took it and bought it, rode in it, and gave it to her. It wasn't her birthday. It wasn't an anniversary. It was just unexpected. And he told me, he said, that was the best $1. 50 i I've ever spent in my entire life, right? Why? Because it was a gift and he actually put some effort into it and it didn't take some special occasion. Um, several years ago, and this isn't one of my spiritual gifts, but it it means something to me. I started to understand this one a little bit deeper when my grandmother presented me with my great-grandfather's Bible. It's all tattered, it's worn, it's fallen apart. Nobody else would pay 50 cents for this thing in a garage sale, but it means everything to me. And she knew it would. And it was the thought behind it that makes it so special and important to me. Um, so receiving gifts can be your spouse's um, Love bank, that's where you add those tacos into that taco box. If you speak this language, I think perfect gifts or, or gestures show that you're known, that you're cared for, that you're loved, that you're prized above whatever was sacrificed so that they could get that gift for you. And again, the money is not the issue. It's the effort behind it. Now, the opposite side of this, if you have a spouse who actually is all about receiving gifts, that's their love language, think about what would happen if you missed their birthday. Guys, listen to me. If your wife has this gift and you miss an anniversary, you are up a creek, all right? And you know that because you've probably done it and you are like, I don't understand why that's such a big deal. It is a big deal to somebody who has the love language of receiving gifts. You need to pay attention to that and don't write that off because instead of adding something, you're now ripping stuff out of the box. You're setting yourself in the negative. Don't ever do that. Uh, If you go out and you just thoughtlessly throw something together and give it to them. Oh yeah, I I forgot it was your birthday, so here you go. That screams the opposite. Don't ever do that. You have to identify if this is your spouse's love language and then you have to plan ahead even though it might not be natural for you, it might not be important to you, it is to them. Now there's a lot of biblical illustrations. Uh, We're getting ready to come up on Christmas time here where we read about the three wise men who come to Jesus and they present him with gifts. Uh, we also see where Jesus uh, has a woman that comes in and, and in Matthew chapter 26 she comes in to him while he's at, at dinner with these people and she takes this alabaster jar that has this very expensive perfume in it and she breaks it open and pours it on his head as a gift. And then of course the ultimate one, hey we serve a God that's the ultimate giver, amen? I mean he, he went to the cross He forgave us our sins. That is the greatest gift you could ever receive. And so we have words of affirmation. Your tacos are delicious, quality time. Let's go out for tacos together. Number three, receiving gifts, here's a taco. And then the fourth one is acts of service. Acts of service. And this one is where you actually serve them. You do something to serve them, and it says I love you. And so I'd say it this way. I made you a taco, all right? I actually put it together, made it, cooked it up, here you go, I made you a taco, it's acts of service. This is doing something to show how much you love them. Do you realize that vacuuming floors can actually show that you love somebody who has the gift of acts of service? See, anything you do, somebody said amen. Uh, Anything you do to ease the burden of responsibility for them, anything that's weighing on them, if you can take that from them, man, that just says I love you to a person with acts of service is a love language. And I think it's interesting to me that the one thing that you could say to this person if this is your spouse is, hey, let me do that for you or let me do this for you. If you do that, holy smoke, you'll see a whole different person. You're just piling stuff into that taco box for them. Now, I'll tell you, uh, this is my wife's number one love language, and uh, it's a hard one. It is a very hard one, especially if this is not your love language, and it's definitely not mine. And so I spent many years trying to figure this one out and do it, and even to the point where I was struggling so much with it, I told my sons when they were growing up, look, when you start dating, find out if the girl has the love language of acts of service and then run the other way. Would you do that? (laughs) Because it'll save you a lot of time, right? Right. Because if this is not your love language, it's hard, because you actually have to put a lot of thought into it. Uh, the one for me is, um, my wife, um, she just, she's just a great homemaker. She works hard, and uh, things like, like dishes, being in the sink, drive her crazy. And I've learned that, you know what, I don't care, like, Dirty dishes don't bother me at all if they're in the sink. Nobody can see them anyway. That's why we bought a deep sink, you know? And uh, she's like, No, I gotta have those done. I gotta have those done. So here's what I've learned. If I just go in there and do the dishes, she comes in, she's like, Oh, Dishes are done. Like she's so excited, man, just piling stuff in that box because that shows her how much I love her. And I don't lose anything out of it. I don't care. I put my earbuds in, listen to my music. I'm in there singing way off key, you know, and just doing dishes. And who cares? But to her, it makes all the difference in the world. Now, on the opposite side of this, imagine uh, if you had a spouse that had the love language of access service and you were lazy All the time around them. If you never did a finger, or never lifted a finger to help them in anything that they did, if you were even making more work for them, can you see what this would do to the relationship? Guys, some some of the light bulbs are coming on around the room right now. I know that because you're like, oh man, I need to put the game controller down and just help every once in a while. That would scream I love you if you would do that. Finding ways to serve them speaks volumes to the recipient uh, of acts of service. Now, um, in scripture, there was a woman by the name of Martha. She's like the biggest example of this. Uh, in, in Luke chapter 10, we're, we're told about Jesus coming to town with his disciples and it says that she just opened up her home, like she's just like, come on in. You know, me casa, you casa, come on in, man. And I'm serving you guys meals. I'm providing for I'm taking care of you. And, and this was her love language. She just took care of him. Uh, Jesus, uh, it, it says that after he died and he rose again, that he was going around and he was appearing to different people so that they would know that what he said was true. And there's this moment where all the disciples have gone back to what they, they knew, which was just fishing. They've been out in the boat all night and they come to the shore. And as they're coming to the shore, it says in, in John chapter 21, that Jesus was already there, that he had already stoked up a fire of burning coals, that he had already cooked fish and he already had bread ready. And he says, come and have breakfast with me. And to these fishermen coming to the shore, that had to be a big treat. It's acts of service. And I think the ultimate one that I see in Scripture, and this is the one I use when it comes to my wife because I struggled so much trying to meet this need in her life to fill up her taco box, is when Jesus was at the Last Supper and he got up and he took off his outer garment and he wrapped a towel around his waist and he picked up a basin of water and he went around and he began to wash the disciples' feet And as a husband of a wife who has this as their number one love language, I have to keep that constantly in my mind that I need to wash the feet of my wife to serve her so that she knows how much I love her because I do, I do. So words of affirmation, your tacos are delicious, quality time, let's go out for tacos together. Receiving gifts, here's a taco, acts of service, I made you a taco. And then the last one that I wanna give you today is physical touch physical touch, and and, uh, I didn't know how else to say this, so I just said it this way, let me hold you like a taco, all right, because really, that's what this one is, all right, And uh, can it be sexual? Yes, it can be sexual, but it's so much more than that. So don't make the mistake of thinking that physical touch is all about the bedroom because it's not. It's about holding hands. It's about kissing. It's about embracing. It's about uh, back rubs. It's about, if you have a child with this, you can put your arm around them and they light up. They just like lean into it. They just love that. I might say that you have a child that has love language uh, of of, um, physical touch. Um, This is my number one. And my wife works hard to meet this one for me. Um, it's, It's ironic because our youngest son, this is his number one as well. Uh, Trooper has the love language of physical touch. And we saw this from a very, very young age. It was so funny to me because there was this one moment, I remember we had a a living room that had a couch, had a chair at the end, then it had a love seat on the other side facing each other with a coffee table in the middle. There was a TV to the right. I'm sitting on the couch and this kid, we got all these cushions. He couldn't sit anywhere except on my lap, like not, not next to me. It wasn't quality time. It was on me, right? And he'd be laying on me like this watching TV. He's with dad, and that screamed I love you to him. And I remember making eye contact with my wife on the other side. We we're just laughing about it. Man, can you believe this kid, you know? And so I secretly kind of slipped him off my lap and sat him down. And he was still watching TV, you know? And I, I started to scoot away before he realized that I had scooted all the way over. And I'd gotten on the end. I'd sat in that chair. And my wife and I were just going to watch and see what happens. And without ever thinking about it, he's watching TV the whole time. He just kind of realizes I'm not there anymore. And so he gets up and he starts working his way down. (laughs) Never takes his eye off the TV. And he finds me and he sits in my lap and lays back in my lap again. Physical touch. This might be the love language of your spouse and you have to pay attention to this because this is how they receive love. Now, listen to me because conversely, if you have the spouse or if you have a child that has a love language, a physical touch... Imagine, remember we said you can put stuff in or you can take it out and you can almost take it out twice as fast as you can put it in. Imagine if you were to abuse that person, if you were to neglect them, if, if you backhanded them or, or handled them in a very physical way that was not loving. See, other people that might just, uh, that might hurt them, to that person it destroys them, it crushes them physical touch fosters this sense of security and belonging in a relationship but even much more so to somebody who has a love language of physical touch in the scriptures uh, Luke 15 we see the story it's a parable of the prodigal son and he goes off and it says that when he's coming home that the father sees him a long way off and that the father gets up and runs to him and throws his arms around him and kisses him and puts a robe on him this is physical touch Jesus himself, he healed so many people, blind people, um, sick people, lame people, lepers, and he didn't have to put his hands on them once to do it, but so often you would see he would actually use physical touch. He would lay hands on them. Even when nobody else would touch them, they were thought to be untouchable, and Jesus would touch them. So the last one, physical touch, let me hold you like a taco, all right? So Here's what I wanna do. I wanna give you some practical applications. These are my challenges for you as we get ready to leave here today because I want you to take this seriously, I want you to put it into practice, start applying it to your marriage. And so what are the challenges? I have three of them for you today. Here's the first one. Uh, I want you to identify your spouse's top two love languages. Now it says that everyone has a top one. We all have like number one, but usually right behind that we'll have a second one somewhere in there. Now why am I saying learn two? for my wife, she can't always meet the physical touch in public. And so the second one comes into play, right? So it's always good, especially when you're trying to fill this box, all right? Especially if you've been gone on a business trip, especially if things haven't been great in your marriage lately. Hey, the faster you can put tacos in that box, the better off you're going to be. If you can identify two and you know how to express your love to your spouse in two different ways, that helps you with that. So identify the first two. Mine, touch and words, my wife knows that. Uh, My wife's, hers is service and quality time. We know that, we know that about each other. We use those all the time to show that we love each other. Now here's the other thing I would tell you to do. Um, Maybe write them on your mirror in the morning so it reminds you of what you need to be working on that day. Uh, one of the things Angie and I did when years and years ago when we first learned this we had two little boys and uh, we actually took some cards and we wrote like Don, we wrote the two Angie, wrote the two, Hunter, Trooper we wrote all the, you know, the top two for every person in our family and we had them inside of our closet I don't know why we chose it there but I just remember this because it was there for years it was there for 15 years had all four of those cards inside of our door and our closet so we would go in we would get dressed in the morning on the way out you would see it and we remind us, we need to love each other this way and we need to show our love to our kids this way. Put them somewhere that's prominent. Like I said, write it on the mirror. Don't use your wife's lipstick to write it on the mirror. Okay, I learned that bad idea. So just, uh, but you can write it on a mirror. Do something so it's, it's there, so it's reminding, reminding you every day. Now, second one that I would say is this. Commit to practice your spouse's love language every day. Commit yourself to put tacos in that box, all right? And here's what I found you can't put too many tacos in the box. You can't. Don't go, okay, I did my 12 this week, I'm done, all right? Just keep stuffing them in there because it's gonna help you. It'll help you. You're one flesh, it helps you. So fill up that taco box. And then, number three, I want you to answer this question What's your perfect scenario? What's your perfect scenario? And I want you to work toward that every day. Perfect scenario. What's the perfect scenario for you? Uh, I told you what ours are. Okay, I'm being pretty open today because I usually don't tell people, hey, my name's Don, here's my love languages. Okay, so this is a little awkward for me today, but I've told you mine, I've told you my wife's. Now here's what, here's what I want you to think about. If I'm painting my perfect scenario and my wife, I want to express my love to my wife and I bring her a gift and I hand her a gift, is that expressing love to her? No, that's not her love gift. Hers is acts of service. So ideally, I would see some dirty dishes in the sink, right? I'll go do the dirty dishes. That says I love you. She walks in, she goes, he's doing dishes. He loves me. And then she comes over and she says, here's a gift. Is she expressing love to me? No, because that's not my love language. Perfect scenario for me is this. I see dishes, I go in, I start doing the dishes. She sees me, she goes, he loves me, I love him. And she comes in behind me and she wraps her arms around me, she holds me like a taco, (laughs) all right? (laughs) Here, I made you a taco, let me hold you like a taco. That's our perfect scenario. What is your perfect scenario? And work toward that every day. See if you can't pull that off, because then you're gonna know that that taco box is full. Are you with me? All right, let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you. Um, Even for practical advice, things that can help us in this marriage that you've called us into, God. And we know that you desire that these marriages be strong, that they resemble you. We just read it in Ephesians, that you want it to be a reflection of your love for us to the world around us. Help us to get this right. God, I especially pray for the couples in this room who are just hanging on by a thread. I, I pray that, that they would start to practice these and that, that if each spouse, as they would step forward and extend themselves and put themselves in that position, that we would see them actually meet that love language. And God, I pray that you would soften the heart of their spouse to actually respond by meeting their love language. Not their own, but their spouse's. And, God, I pray that this would start to melt some of the ice, that it would break some of the, chisel away some of the rock that we've built up in our our marriages, that we would become those people that are moldable, that you can shape and make us look more and more like you every day. I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ and all God's people said, amen.
0: Thanks for joining us here at Mountain View Fellowship. We'd love the chance to meet you in person. We gather each Sunday at 9 and 10.45 a.m. at 1955 Headlight Road in Strasburg, Colorado. If you aren't able to join us in person, we'll meet you right back here next week. God bless.